When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to listen to the full Burt Show every day, uninterrupted, with no ads? Become a bonus Burt Show subscriber. Find out more at theburtshow.com slash bonus BS. The Burt Show. The north and south of the studio this morning, very casual, as though they were going to a Braves game this morning. <laughs> we're feeling very sporty. Feeling very sporty today. It's, it was odd because I walk in and I was like, oh my God. I can't, I mean, I don't wear hats often, and I've never seen her wear a hat in studio, and today, both of us wearing Braves hats. I feel like you today have that hot for teacher look. Oh, wow. Well, thank you, because I woke up this morning and looked in the mirror and said, (laughs) you are rough. (laughs) You are wearing a hat. (laughs) I slept with my hair wet and woke up looking like a colonial man. (laughs) You have the glasses, the hat on, right? But you know, underneath there, there's something good. (laughs) <laughs> wow. Wow, that's a backhanded compliment. You just got to dig a little that's bit. What, that's what I'm saying about <laughs> yeah. hot I mean, for teacher thing. As y- she comes out, you guys ever seen that video? Yes. All right, so she doesn't look like anything in the beginning, but then she does the little hair flippy thing, takes her hair out of the bun, uh-huh. and then you're like, oh, wow. <laughs> I'm like an excavation project. We just have to like keep digging. Okay. And eventually you're going to get to something that you're proud of. You get to some gold. <laughs> yes. You're diamond in a rough. You just need a little polishing. Exactly. A lot of polishing. Whereas Cassie came in here, Cassie came in here this morning, a final polished product. Mm-hmm. You look beautiful. Thank you. What's She's going got on? Ma- Why? Well, let's explain. <laughs> she has this lovely romper on, a floral romper that's a little bit off the shoulder. Her hair is straightened. She has a, a full face of makeup. I mean, I, I see the foundation. I see oh. the mascara. Do I have no, lines? No, 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 you don't have lines. <laughs> uh, lipstick, like the whole nine yards. You look like you're ready to go out. Thank you. And the reason being is for kind of the same tone that's like, Bert is like, Cassie is the one dressed up. My husband basically said I look like crap and I need to step it up. <laughs> what? How did that conversation At least go? That's how I womanly interpreted his very <laughs> kind words. <laughs> I can read between the lines. I'm not dumb. But I, what were the exact words? He was taking up a pile of my laundry because I recently sprained my ankle. So stairs are not easy while holding things. And he was looking at me and he goes, babe. I think you need to invest in some clothes for yourself. <gasps> These are all sweatpants, and I think you deserve a nice wardrobe, which is a very, I mean, that is probably literally mm-hmm. the best way to tell your wife she needs to stop wearing her maternity pants and start dressing like a damn human being instead of a homeless person. Is that what he was saying, or is that the way you just heard it? I heard it. I think it's both ways. I think he genuinely was like, you don't need to wear sweatpants from Target or maternity plants from your first pregnancy and your daughter's almost four. Like, <laughs> you could like, wear some normal clothes. So I think in his way, I don't like to spend money on myself a lot. I think a lot of people have that feeling. Um, especially after you have kids. Yeah. You just want to spend all your money on them. And clothes are expensive, especially nicer pieces. And especially, like, get, not complaining, but for my body, everything is more expensive because you have to go to specialty stores. I can't buy stuff in regular mall stores um and so he's he said that and i sat with it and i got so my feelings were so hurt and i didn't tell him could he see it i don't think so because i just said 
okay, that sounds great. And he kept going up the stairs, but I was like, okay, that sounds great. Oh, he and said like, he stuck and move when he said it? Uh-huh, he was up, up the stairs, and I sat on the couch, like, having a single tear cry. And then I was like, you know, he's right. He's not wrong. I roll out of bed. I'm just so tired. I'm not a priority for myself. I don't. I don't dress well. I don't have a lot of clothes that fit because I tried. I think last year I talked, I was so excited about building one of those staple closets or whatever, you know, where you have like six pieces and you mix match into a thousand outfits. And I ordered stuff. I spent hundred. I must've spent a thousand dollars on clothes. And because I bought them online, even though I measured myself, nothing fit right, nothing looked good. So I just gave up because it took a long time. And so I have made an effort to start trying to look more put together, but it is hard because even when I buy the cute outfits like on the models in the store and they fit me, I put them on and it does not look the same. It looks like somebody playing dress up. So that's why it's been such a barrier for me to Mm -hmm. sort of dress like a human, Um, especially with two kids and you're tired and I'm like, do I want to get up early and fix my hair? Do I want to sleep? But it really, this week I started doing it and it's had a bit of an attitude shift for me and it really has been better. So nice. he's right, but I will never tell him. <laughs> <laughs> he probably doesn't even know the impact of his words. I mean, he probably mm-hmm. was making that suggestion and had no idea. No, he's something. Some Somebody talked to him. Not in this room, but there's something. Because he told me I looked really beautiful one day, and then he said I looked really nice another day. Which is not weird for him to give me compliments <laughs> yeah. at all. He's very complimentary, but it just felt like... It felt authentic, but also pointed. Does that make sense? Such a dude-woman thing it here, is. right? Really Where back-to-back, your man tells you how beautiful you look, and you're like, what's up? <laughs> Someone must have spoke to him. <laughs> I know it wasn't anybody in here, but somebody got to my husband. Who? <laughs> who would speak? Who would speak to him? Nobody. Well, no, I don't know if he was like talking to his bros and they're like, try this out. No, no, it was, it was oh, back in the no. no. There's his no friends way. are in very successful marriages and are very smart <laughs> men. So, but it was just like it was like three days in a row. It was different stuff, and one of the days I definitely did not deserve the compliment. So uh, you didn't I accepted think it. you did. So yes. let me just submit this as a guy. Maybe he said those. Those back-to-back days that you looked beautiful because maybe you're in just the right light and it was just the right time of day. But he really thought you were looking beautiful. So or he's tired of us going out together and people accusing him of kidnapping. Stop it. Because I look disheveled. Just stop. Well, I did. I do, though. Like, I can accept. And that's why, like, even though the words, he meant it nicely. He did mean get a new wardrobe. But the words stung. But that's because there was truth in them. And I really just haven't. It's... All of my tank tops have either stains, God from knows from what, like oil or holes in them. And I used to get onto him because he used to have like holes in his t-shirts. And I'm like, mm-hmm. just replace them. It's so easy. It's a black t-shirt. Mm-mm. And now I have them and I'm like, no, it's fine. And literally the hem's coming off. And that's just because I go home, I change into comfies and then I get down and dirty with dishes or laundry or kids or whatever has to be done. And I feel like I set myself back. And if I'm going to sit here and be like, I'm focusing on my health and trying to make myself healthier, well, then I think mental health is part of it. And I know mm-hmm. I feel better when I dress nicely rather than just changing into pajamas part two. Into <laughs> <laughs> pajamas part two. <laughs> well, nobody got to me. You look very nice today. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so Chad did call me the other day. <laughs> <laughs> like, A lot of that girl's face. Tell her she looks pretty. <laughs> the Burt Show. All right. So guys, what do you have going on in your life you want to share with Burt Show? 
maybe you're a little confused on a situation, can't figure it out yourself. Look, we got listeners all over the country that are willing to help you out. And in this case here, we got an email where she's torn on who to pick to be her um, maid of honor. Should it be her childhood friend versus her high school bestie? Okay, Mo's got the email. Hey, Bircho. I hope y'all are having a wonderful day. And I was hoping to have the woman on the show help me with my potential predicament. My name is Jordan, and I'm a 31-year-old woman who just got engaged to the man of my dreams, Ryan, also 30. Congratulations! Over the... (laughs) We got to work on the clap. (laughs) Over the weekend. We are each other's first with everything. I'm very much over the moon that he wants to spend the rest of his life with me. Now on to my predicament. Even though we haven't started planning the wedding yet, I already know what group of women I want to stand next to me. The trouble is I have a childhood best friend, Ash, and a high school best friend, Rach, and I can't decide whether or not I should make one or both my MOH or just not have a MOH. What's MOH stand for, Mo? Maid of honor. All right, just check him. I was a bridesmaid in Rach's wedding last year and MOH for Ash's wedding nearly 10 years ago. I'm trying to make more of an effort to be involved with both of them, but it can be hard at times since all three of us live in different states. Granted, I know that it was easier to be friends with each other when we lived closer together. I'm in Oregon. One's in California. The other is in Colorado. And we'll be having the wedding here. Any help would be greatly appreciated and looking forward to hearing your thoughts. Do I have an obligation to make my childhood best friend MOH because I was hers? Mm. Or because I'm not particularly super close with either of them? Should I not have one? I know that they would not have their feelings hurt, and they are just happy that I found my person and want to be there for me. Thanks so much. Okay, so she's admitting that this is a woman-made problem here. She Mm -hmm. thinks both even would probably be okay with it. So she is making this problem. She knows that. She is. Okay. But here's the thing. I I really don't think there's a problem because it's your wedding. You can do whatever you want. If you are so torn. Right. Come on. No, listen to me. If, um, If you are so torn. Have two maid of honors. There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. And if one's married and one's not, well, you can have a matron of honor and a maid of honor or just have two maids of honor. And because you guys all live in different states, it'll probably be beneficial for the wedding and beneficial for all the bridal activities because you'll have two people working on something rather than one, two, uh, both of whom are out of state. So, girl, just make both of them. Yeah, it's your wedding. It's your day. You can do whatever you want to do. And if making both of them Maid of honor would make you happy. Go for it. But if, if, if it's too much of a hassle, if it's putting a put, putting too much stress on you and an already very stressful time in your life, then don't make either of them maid of honor at all. If I were you, I would just go ahead and make both of them maid of honor because then they both get to feel honored and you'll have mm-hmm. two people getting to do all the hard things like plan the bachelorette and plan the bridal shower because there's a lot more to do than you think. So I'm team make both of them the maid of honor, but at the same time, like do what's going to make you happy. I I agree with y'all. I can't go in a different direction. I think if I didn't even know making both was a thing, but since y'all said that's a thing, I think you should do that. Even though the competitiveness in me makes me feel like that's a cop out. <laughs> I mean, it, like it's it technically it's not a thing, but you can make it a thing. Yeah. Like it's not something you see a lot. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to like your bridal party, you can you can construct it however you see fit. Yeah, one of the phrases that I hate most is because it's always been done that way, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Okay, well because it's always been done that way doesn't mean you got to do it that way. But I think that we get into these sort of traditional cliches. So we kind of think we have to do the same thing over and over and over again. And I wonder if there's like 
a judgment factor here also where when you're doing something a little bit unorthodox, no matter what it is, or at your wedding, that you're wondering if people that are supposed to be your friends and family at your wedding are still judging you for not doing it the traditional way. All right, Jordan, if you are a true P1, my friend, you will do the maid of honor matchup and you will bring both of them on to state their case and we decide who gets to be your maid <laughs> oh, of honor. Oh, God, this will not oh. end well. <laughs> now we're talking. This now we got to do well. it. Yes. I'm here for this. So you are suggesting we get all three in studio. Well, we, we can't. She's in Oregon, but we can try. Okay. So, or she records something to yes. make her pitch. Uh huh. Um, to be the maid of honor. Yeah, so we have Jordan reach out to, um, yes, Ash and Rach. Okay. And then they make their pitches of who they think would be, why they deserve to be, I, earn the maid of honor title. This title. works for us really well. I I'm think. not sure it's going to work well for their relationship, but I love where your head's at. Are we trying to build these friendships up and make them feel honored? I feel like they're just going to... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like they're going to split up after Abby, this. have you not realized what show you have joined? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I guess. <laughs> there has to be a loser, Abby. I'm on Jordan's side. I want, like, I want her to be Like okay. Mo said, this is America. Yes. All right, there's got to be a winner. There's got to be a loser, okay? And then when we tally the votes, we have to question who the real winner is. Mm. That's America. We can come up with some <laughs> we come up with some gladiator-type games, like who can get the bride's bustle in faster or who can help her pee faster, who can get the... Who can get the um, like bridal favors together the fastest. I mean, we can make this like a whole like maid of honor Olympics. She is going to regret she ever sent that email. (laughs) (laughs) The Burt Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. Lizzo is planning to sue her former backup dancers for malicious prosecution. I don't want to say I saw this coming, but I absolutely saw this coming. Uh, A little defamation of character action going on? A little bit. So as a backup, Lizzo was sued by several of her former backup dancers for alleged sexual, racial, and religious harassment. Basically, a lot of the the things that have been brought up as specific examples for what was going on in this environment was like there was one night where Lizzo, I guess, invited them to a topless cabaret show and they were allegedly forced to do some sexual things that they didn't really want to do. With a banana, right? With a banana placed in a certain position where you can use your imagination to envision what was going on. I feel like it's the banana association that should be suing. What? (laughs) They were doing unspeakable things to that banana probably. (laughs) Nobody ever cares about the banana. Chiquita wants nothing to do with (laughs) it. So now Lizzo's lawyer, Marty Singer, is speaking up. He actually shared photos with People magazine. And to me, this is like the weirdest way to try and prove a point. He shared a group photo from that same night where they're all smiling in a group photo. And it's almost like he's proving the backup dancers point by them all you know, in a, they're all in a group, all seemingly happy, which is basically what the backup dancers are saying. They're saying we were forced to go to this cabaret show, kind of forced to participate in this and to seem like everything was okay. So really, he's not really proving a point by sh- just showing a picture of them. They were trying to be happy at this little dance thing. If anything, he helped out prosecution by saying, here's evidence that we were there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Honestly, like, that's yeah, what true. that feels like. The only leg that I feel like he has to stand on for this particular case was he He's alleging that one of the 
backup dancers that was at that cabaret show also then submitted an audition tape for Lizzo's TV show, Watch Out for the Big Girls. And in this audition tape, she's like raving about how much she loves Lizzo and wants to follow in her footsteps, which obviously would be like a little bit of a weird thing to mm-hmm. say if you actually did feel that way about the whole topless cabaret thing. These celebrities are, are starting to fight back now. Mm-hmm. Well, it was a Cardi B yesterday yeah. saying like, okay, you're going to say that my man was messing around and you're doing all this AI trickery. Okay, you want to do that? I'm going to sue you. And now today you got Lizzo going, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not taking it anymore. I think they should because if celebrities who actually have like the big bucks and the big lawyers start to fight back, then also maybe people will um, stay out of my DMs too. And (laughs) (laughs) I won't sue you, but you know, maybe I will one day. (laughs) Okay. Will celebrities do anything to stay youthful? Let's go ahead and say yes, because I was reading this article yesterday from the Wall Street Journal where Jennifer Aniston was talking about the weirdest things that she has done to try and stay young. And honestly, looking at Jennifer Aniston, whatever she, whatever like she's drinking, that's what I want to have. <laughs> Smart water. Smart water. Mm. <laughs> so she admitted to having a salmon sperm facial. Uh, she's not really sure if it worked, but she said, you know what? I really was willing to try just about anything to look good. The one thing she does uh, swear by our peptide therapies. I guess she gets mm. like shots of peptides. Do you know about this? Yeah, I've been taking them like for the last two weeks for deep sleep. Do you feel like they work? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> but Jennifer Aniston says that they do. But do you feel like you look better? Um, No, I do not. And if you said, hey, take this peptide or put this uh, salmon sperm on you or whatever it was, I'd say, I don't even know what a peptide is. Give it to me. <laughs> Apparently, it is the latest innovation in Korean skincare, which is like the gold standard for any kind of beauty product. So we could be seeing this in your local CVS in the next couple of years. Salmon sperm. I'm going to just age. Yeah. Yeah. I'm cool with it. You don't want to smear any salmon sperm on your face? No, thank you. Who's got the the job of extracting that? That's got to be a tough job. Well. (laughs) Got to have really, really small hands. I've watched (laughs) a lot of Planet Earth and Blue Planet lately. Um, Oh, you've seen this? Well, yeah, like the, um, I haven't, what do you mean I've seen this? The, the, the extraction. extraction. Well, I mean, not somebody doing it, but them, like, when they're having their, their, their moments of passion. Uh-huh. Y- yes. When, you think there's a fluffer fish that comes in? No. In a case like this? And takes care of <laughs> And with fins, that could be really right? a tough job. Right. <laughs> that, is a, that is a talented that would, fish. That would take forever. <laughs> I don't know. How, okay, let, let's... Can't you grab some seaweed or something to help me out? <laughs> okay, Beyonce, she's going the extra mile to make sure that her astrological season is getting the honor it deserves. So Beyonce, she's a Virgo, and she has asked her fans who are coming to her next shows from yesterday all the way up until September 22nd. She wants them to wear silver to celebrate Virgo season. This is the most Virgo thing I've ever heard. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Make it about us. That's what we do. Make it about us, but also have a nice plan so everyone shows up in matching outfits. Mm-hmm. My best friend's a Virgo. This is the exact same thing that she would do. <laughs> well, we're the best sign in the world. So, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> he tried to outrun an NFL player and ended up getting terribly injured. I'll tell you what comedian is hurting today on your next eBuzz on The Bird Show. The Bird Show. I think as a general rule in this one area, or in a lot of areas, but this one specifically, Women have a gear that dudes don't have. And that gear is, from time to time, we will find a woman that has found out that her husband or boyfriend is cheating on her. 
She just sits on it. She lays and waits. <laughs> she waits and waits and waits. Maybe calculates. Maybe she's planning her exit strategy, right? But she waits. And dude, being the clueless dude that he is, probably is focused other places anyway, never suspects that she has any idea because she holds on for months and months and months, right? So I think this was sort of the case that we had when we did this um, War of the Roses uh, a while ago. And we called this follow-up Thursday. So you guys tell us like <clears throat> storylines that we just haven't finished because it was Carissa Mua that said, whatever happened to Katie from 2018? I recall she had doubts uh, about her husband and cheating on her because he didn't come home, said he was pulling an all-nighter at work or something. So she went to his workplace with some donuts, and he wasn't there, saw him coming in, and she confronted him. He said he went to Target and such, and I remember y'all did a uh, War of the Roses on him. He didn't seem to send them to his wife. Do you guys remember this? So how did it go? But at the end of the day, I think we busted the dude. Yeah, so I love that Chris is finally getting her answer because she hit me up back in May and then she hit me up again in July. <laughs> She's been very persistent about getting uh, this update. So this originally started December of 2018, okay? Katie reached out to us with a suspicion that her husband was cheating because he started working more after a new girl at his job was hired. One night, he claimed he had to pull an all-nighter at work. But when Katie showed up at his job with donuts... He wasn't there. You remember the great donut run of 2018? Yep, little plot twist, yep. All right, so we told her to wait out to see if he would return, and he did. He claimed that he went to Target to get a shirt, but we weren't buying it, just like he did buy that shirt. <laughs> we advised her to hack into his account to verify the Target charge, but he changed all his passwords. That, we knew that was a red flag, so we decided to test him with the War of the Roses. And as suspected, he sent flowers to his new co-worker with a message that read, You amaze me more and more every day. Looking forward to next week. The following week, he was scheduled to go on a work retreat with this woman in tow. So what did Katie do after confirming that her husband was shady? All right, before we get an email, I rarely do this, but let me ask you guys a question. If we were going to open up the Burt Show's book of records, and we'll put you on the voice disguiser here, who listening held on to the information that your husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend was cheating the longest? Like, like you found out about it, and you just waited and waited and plotted, and he had no idea. Who held out the longest? one 855 Okay, now the update. I don't exactly remember what I told you all. It turned out he was having an affair with that coworker. I confronted him about it, and you wouldn't believe the cascade of excuses he gave me. I would. <laughs> it started like this. Many of which painted me as the bad guy. What? Somebody's deflecting and gaslighting? What? Shut up. Crazy. I don't remember all the reasons he gave, but the basic gist of his excuse was that I had not been giving him enough attention. It's on her. <laughs> uh -huh. Really, this is her issue. I knew then that my marriage was over. Mm. He did attempt to promise to end it with her, but I saw through it pretty quickly. He didn't actually intend to make good on that promise. Long story short, we separated and got divorced within the year. And honestly, considering the circumstances, the divorce process was far smoother than I would have ever suspected. He must have felt some guilt because he agreed to most of what I proposed. <laughs> I guess there's always some silver lining. 
fast forward to now, I'm engaged. Hey. This is a silver lining. Yeah. Found myself a gem who's everything I've ever wanted. As for the ex, we don't chat much. From what I've heard, he's in a relationship, but not with the coworker. Last I heard, she moved away. Mm. I guess in the grand scheme of things, everything turned out just fine. Well, then there you go. All right, Good so, update. and I'm not a marriage counselor or anything, but dudes, if you're feeling alienated from your wife and she's not giving you enough attention, I think the better option than cheating on her is saying to her something like, I don't feel like you're giving me enough attention. <laughs> no, that's too easy. Is it? <laughs> I think that's too simple. Okay. Yeah. It I, made some sense to me, but I knew you guys would poo-poo it. Yeah, you- I mean, just look at Tom Sandoval. Ariana wasn't giving him enough attention. Oh, uh, that's yeah. right. And look, now he's a national star. Everybody knows who Tom Sandoval is. That's right. It's hard to ask for more attention if somebody's not paying you attention. Yeah, they probably aren't even going to listen to you any. Yeah. yeah, he had no other route except no to cheat. <laughs> Get it. The Bird Show. All right, Kristen, it is go time, girl. (laughs) It is go time. This is the last time we agreed yesterday that Uh you take a swipe at this because at some point you have to look at the mirror in the mirror and say, this is who I am, not who I want to be. I I don't have the best track record when it comes to matchmaking. And by track record, I mean I have never once made (laughs) a successful match between two individuals. <laughs> and from what I've heard, the matches that you are making are um, not just not successful, but like astronomically horrible. Yeah. I had somebody DM me that was like, yeah, back in 2018, Kristen uh-huh. set me up. He turned out to be gay. So there we go. Wow. <laughs> I think the word you're looking for is disastrous. Disastrous would be. <laughs> um, and good for you for setting them up so he could finally live his hey, authentic life. You know what? You're welcome. Um, that's, a, that's a true ally. That's, Thank that's you. I, in, I've right? always considered myself right. an ally. The ally that doesn't know she's an ally <laughs> is the most impressive ally. But can I not get some kudos for never giving up? Nah, sometimes I, you got to let it go. No. Uh-uh. Jim Valvano said, don't give up. Don't ever give up. What and, happened to him? Don't do that. Herbert Rice. <laughs> what, what did happen? Thank God, thank God Tommy's not here. He would be so mad at you. No, absolutely not. He, he gave up. Oh. No, he did not, he did give, not up. give up. Stop it. Oh, my God. You, that's awful. Hey. <laughs> Sir. I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. No. Uh, anything can happen this morning. I'm sorry. <laughs> Here's what happened. You are dark today. You need to check your darkness at the door. Because what happens is when there's a huge win for a Bird's Big Adventure and you're riding this, like, um, outro high, you feel like you can balance it out with some darkness and you need to stop. It was such a positive night last night that I must add to darkness I, today. Okay. That, that is you your, did it. That is, is that not his MO? Yes, yeah. absolutely. When he does something really good, he's like, now I can be back. Must get dark. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I am determined that this will be the match of all matches the most successful, the most successful and <laughs> only successful match I have ever made in my matchmaking career. It's time we find Abby a man. Man, 
This is the toughest assignment to go out on. <laughs> <laughs> go big or go home, baby. Right. So risk it all on Abby's dating life. You are really taking a chance. Who cares if I've never been able to match two people successfully? That's not going to stop me from attempting to find Abby the man of her dreams. And what happened last night is I sent a text to Abby... To Cassie and to Rebecca. And to every man you know. No. (laughs) (laughs) I said, hey, yeah, here's my idea for the matchmaking bit tomorrow. Because Abby and I were supposed to come up with the game plan. I presented my ask that I want to find her, her perfect mate. But, of course, I wanted her um, blessing to do so. Because she says she has sworn off dating for six months. And I'm like, "Ah, ah, ah, let me make it worse. (laughs) Listen, this is no bit. This is matching... Um, somebody we care about a lot of with her future man. No, see. This is not a bit. Yeah, this is. is her life. So in my mindset, when I have tried to be a matchmaker, and it's never gone right. However, my bits on the radio tend to be pretty damn good. Well, we've done this on the radio a couple of times, and they haven't. <laughs> <laughs> mm, you got me there. <laughs> That's called revisionist history. <laughs> anyway, here's my idea to match Abby up with her perfect mate. We will have guys submit themselves at theburkshow.com. They must upload a photo. Must. Cass, I told her when the bit was scheduled, asked if the page is could be ready to go. Cassie, is the page ready to go? Ding, 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 ding. Yes, it is. All right, pause. Men, stop. Listen, do not go to the page yet. Because there are parameters that I requested of Abby. This has never mattered. Never. You tell a guy, like, she's looking for somebody 32 and younger, and 58-year-old guys go, well, I'm young at heart. And then they go ahead and they apply. (laughs) Well, here's the difference. This year, if you do that, you're getting called out. Ooh. Ooh, we can roast them. Yes. This is about time also. Yes, yes. Right? Like So if she gives parameters, because I said I want... You have an age parameter, height. I know you prefer a man with no kids. Like, make me a list of parameters and also, uh, what, what? Like a wish list? Nothing. Oh, I thought you were sure. No, and I was then, just looking at the clock. Um, and then a list of qualities you're looking for, right? And so this year, because we've have noticed in the past that men typically, <laughs> oh, I'm the catch. It doesn't matter if I don't fit into the parameters. I'm I know the she's, exception. Right. He, right? They are the exception. Mm-hmm. To all my exceptions. I will call you out if you submit and you are not within the parameters. There's okay? no rounding up or rounding down no. because if, if uh, you know, Abby says that she's looking for a guy that's 34 or whatever, in the past, guys have rounded up to, like I said, like 41. You guys don't <laughs> round up really well. So it must be right within these parameters. Not a day over, not a day less. Exactly what we're looking for for this to work. All right. So, Abby, what are your parameters? I feel like these are very reasonable parameters. 35 and under, okay. no kids, you must be employed, even if it's at Burger King, totally fine. Just have a job. Uh, if you're not local to Atlanta, you got to be open to long distance and be willing to put in the work for that. You are? You're willing to do that? Yeah, yeah. I think so. For the right guy, I'll FaceTime, I'll fly out. Uh, I'm not desperate. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, you got to be monogamous. You must be a man with man parts. Uh, You can't be in a turkey trot family. I'm not running marathons on Thanksgiving. (laughs) You can't be allergic to cats. Uh, And 
Yeah, that's really it. That's the, that's the bar. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right, those are solid parameters, uh. which will be listed so you know. Now, what are five qualities you're looking for in your optimal mate? Okay, I love a dry sense of humor. Um, I don't do goofy, so somebody who's like really kind of dry and sarcastic, love that. Um, I'm very neurotic, so I need someone who's very easygoing, level-headed, secure, not too much of a hothead. I'm also looking for someone with a similar lifestyle. I work out every day. I like to be very active. I like to travel. So somebody who's kind of on their feet. Um, somebody who's not overly adventurous. I don't want anybody to like want to go skydiving with me. Or hiking. <laughs> or hiking. That's, that's overly adventurous. I don't do nature. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and then the last one, which has historically been hard for me, is somebody who's open. Not necessarily, this isn't like a hard rule, but somebody who's open to not having kids. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to take that dream away from you, mm-hmm. but yeah. All right. Let's all right. take one more minute here, Kristen, just to rattle all those off again, because dudes weren't even listening probably the first time. So you want to do these one more time, these parameters? I don't have them. She has Under them. 35, no kids, cannot be allergic to cats, got to be have a dry sense of humor, similar lifestyle, want you to work out, and open to not having kids, and don't make me go skydiving with you. Uh, there's not a <laughs> height requirement because you're constantly saying that no i mean i joke about that but i listen at this rate i can't have these kinds of, I, can't, my, I can't have this long of a list <laughs> all right so go ahead to the and submit you cannot submit on somebody else's behalf i will call you out for that as well you have to be the person that is interested in abby you need to have the gonads to go to the and submit yourself and then i will i will go through them all with a fine-tooth comb and find the man of your dreams. Yeah, filter out the hot ones. Yeah. <laughs> this is clearly about Kristen winning no. and not Abby finding <laughs> something. I, at the end of the text I sent, I said, go team, get Abby a man. Mm-hmm. And get Kristen a W. <laughs> Two things can be true. And we agree again. This is a verbal contract. If this one doesn't work out, yeah. last time we spend any time at all on the Burt Show, you setting up anybody. I will never. Agree to that. Do it. I will never do it again. Okay. I will never, ever, ever attempt to match somebody again. It's a verbal contract. It's a lot on the line. All right. Mm-hmm. If you fail and you try this again, we can all sue you. <laughs> <laughs> Are you looking for excitement In Atlanta. Well, you got it right down the street at Mercedes-Benz. That's where Atlanta United plays. And I've been telling you for years, it's one of the most exciting nights that you will have with your family. Soccer is different. It's just different than going to a football game, baseball game. There is no downtime. I mean, the excitement lasts the entire game at an Atlanta United match. And it doesn't even matter if you're really, really into soccer or not. I'll tell you one way to get into soccer. Just go to one Atlanta United game and you will get caught up in the excitement so much that you'll become a lifelong fan. I'm telling you this right now. I love bringing my son Hollis there. I love bringing his friends there. I know it's going to be a safe family event, and I know I'm going to walk out of there. I got some memories now with my kids. So don't look any further. You got one of the best soccer teams in the country right here in our own backyard, Atlanta United. Just give it one try, Atlanta United. You can always get your tickets at atlutd.com. If you're looking for somewhere to celebrate, whether it be a birthday or a graduation or an anniversary, May I recommend an Atlanta United match? So my husband and I just celebrated our seventh wedding anniversary. He is a massive Atlanta United fan. So, of course, 
we decided to go to a match at Mercedes-Benz Stadium and had the best time. I'm telling you, if you're a super fan, if you're a casual fan, going to an Atlanta United match is a great way to celebrate. My husband got to watch a great match and I got to enjoy delicious wine and I also may have gone to the team shop and got myself a new sweatshirt. I'm very excited about my new Atlanta United sweatshirt. (laughs) And kudos to Atlanta's fan base because every time we ride Marta to go down to a match, it is packed full of people wearing their Atlanta United gear. Visit atlutd.com for tickets and also for the match schedule. That's atlutd.com. Get it? The Bird Show. So was his brother wrong for not trying to help save his marriage? Huh? Mo. Some people's ability to deflect is masterful. (laughs) And that's one one of the things I learned over the weekend at a video shoot that I was at shooting my first music video. So as I'm there, um, anytime you shoot a music video, there's a lot of downtime. I mean, it's a 12-hour shoot, and in between shooting and filming, there's really not much to do other than maybe have a drink and talk to some of the staff. TV's the same way, movies are the same way, it's a lot of like, hurry up and wait. Exactly that. So in between one of the breaks we had, uh, there was one of the guys on the staff, I kind of noticed that he was going in and out on his phone a lot. Like he would, every time there was a break, he would pick up his phone and you can kind of tell he he wasn't happy to, to do it. So I kind of casually asked him one of the times, not really thinking much of it, like, you all right, man, everything good? So he kind of gave me this look like, man, I'm going through it. And when he said that, uh, the other guy who I guess they're friends kind of made like a face, like, ooh, if you only knew kind of thing. And so he was like, I, I, I could tell in his mind, he's like, should I just say something? So I'm kind of standing there like, uh, well, I just wanted to check in. No worries. But then he says, man, I'm going through a divorce with my wife. And I really think I kind of blame my brother. So I said, let me get a seat, man. This is you. Like, you got me. Well, the only... <laughs> the only reason I can think that would be the case is, that, like, did he sleep with her? That's exactly what my first thought mm-hmm. was. And that's what I said to him. I was like, your brother and your wife? He said, no, 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 no. It's not like that. It's it's my fault, but I do believe my brother had a chance to save me. And so at first I'm thinking, like, how could you, you know, be mad at your brother? This is, this is on you completely. Mm-hmm. But if I had a brother and was in the situation he was in, I would kind of understand it. Because... He, I asked him about the relationship with him and his brother, and he said him and his brother have a really good relationship. I mean, like one of those brother relationships where they're best friends on top of being brothers. They grew up together. They've always had each other's back, and they're very similar in a lot of different ways. But the biggest difference between him and his brother is the way that they live their lives as married men. His brother, like most men, believes in complete loyalty inside of a marriage. He doesn't really Complete? Yeah, 100%. I know, right? <laughs> Not even 97%, like 100 And I guess his brother has made some mistakes within his marriage in the past, and the brothers have come together to try to, like, talk about it. And his brother has told them straight up, I love you, dude. I got your back in all of the things you do, but this is one thing I just can't get with. Like, you have to stop sleeping around on your wife. So he's like, I know, I know. He was trying to do the right thing according to him. So he said he was at a park one day with his wife, and he claims that he's not consistently, I know this sounds crazy, but he didn't consistently sleep around on his wife. It was a one or two time thing. So he stopped. So there was some time in between infidelities. Right. Okay. I guess he slipped up one night and he he said it was like a one time thing that happened within years, but it just so happens that she reached out to him at the wrong time at the wrong place. 
And he had, he left his phone at home, his main phone. I guess he has two phones. His main phone he left at home by accident. The other phone starts ringing while he's with his wife. And his wife found that suspicious because she saw him leave his main phone at home. Like she made a point to say, did you leave your phone? And he's like, yeah, I did. I forgot it. But he also forgot that he had another phone on him. The burner. The burner phone. So she sees it and it's, it's a lady that's calling. So she's like, what, what phone is this and who is that? Now, I don't know why his go-to wasn't, that's my work phone. Mm-hmm. He, he just said, that's my brother's phone. I guess in the moment, he was, he was caught up in it, and he just said the first thing that came to his mind. <laughs> what a noob. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> right. So he says, that's my brother's phone. <laughs> He's such an idiot. So she's like, what, 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 why, why do you have your brother's phone? Yeah. Like, why, why would you? And he's like, well, he makes up some story of where his brother left his phone and he was thinking to himself he'll drop it off to his brother on the way back. So he, he grabbed his brother's phone. It, it, it did a mind F to him to where he forgot to grab his own phone. That's his story. Rookie mistake. <laughs> Another one. He's making, he's making a lot of them. He's not a rookie anymore. He's like in his third season. <laughs> so she's like, hmm. Okay, and she pretends like she buys it, but of course she doesn't. So she calls, well, I guess she didn't call the brother, but the next time she was around the brother, she mentioned, did your brother ever have your phone? So at this point, the brother admits, oh, I knew what this was. Like, he's not a fool. He knew why he was being asked this question, and he had a decision to make. And his brother, who got caught in, in, in the cheating, feels like he was supposed to have his brothers back in this situation and say, yes, that was my phone. I'm sorry. And it would have been over. He was supposed to lie for him. He was mm-hmm. supposed to lie for him. But he didn't choose that door. Mm-hmm. He chose the other door and he was honest. And he said, I don't have any other phone. That's not my business. I'm staying out of it. So when his brother called him, hey, why'd you do that? He said, man, I'm, I'm not doing this anymore. Like, I'm just, I, we're not kids anymore. We're grown men. You got a family. You playing around. I got your back in every other thing, not in this. I wasn't about to. Plus, this is going to come in between my marriage now. My wife going to have questions about why you got a second phone and why your brother have your phone. He like, bro, you're not bringing that into my house. Right. So I, I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. And so now him and his brother are obviously at odds. And he feels like if his brother would have told that one little lie for him. Oh, whatever. Come on. He would still have his marriage. He's yeah. delusional. And so now he's going through a divorce. And a piece of him blames his brother just as much no. as he blames himself. God, I hate this, man. This whole victim mentality and not accepting any kind of responsibility for the mess ups. I just absolutely. The this, lack of accountability is infuriating. It really mm-hmm. is. You know, and I again, I've said this a million different times on the Burt Show. Um, these affairs are not mistakes. Um, these, not a slip up. Yeah, it's not a slip up. These mm-hmm. are a series of bad decisions, and you know in your gut while you're doing them that they're not right. So you made mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake, which I call bad decisions. So he is looking to blame anybody, even it sounds like the excuses along the way of why he ended up messing around the first time and the second time. It just happened to be we were both in vulnerable spots. Man, I- you know what? Just call it what it is. You messed around, own it, and move on one way or the other. But the brother is not to blame here, not even 1%. Mm-mm. That's what I told him. I was honest with him about that. And I, and I think he got it because in the end, he was like, you're right. You know, ultimately, it is on me. I do take responsibility for it. But he just feels like his brother just wasn't loyal to him in a moment where he really needed him. Let me add this here also because I'm not a big old fan of coincidences. I think the universe does have, like, a destiny in mind and a destination. And... 
This was not a coincidence that his brother was involved and the phone rang at that time. And the one person that was going to actually be honest and break up this marriage or at least call him out on his infidelity was his brother. Mm -hmm. Right. The world did that, man. It doesn't matter. He's going to get caught one way or Mm -hmm. the other. This dude did the exact right thing, I think. Yeah, I wasn't. I told him, I mean, I, if I was your brother, I can't say that I wouldn't have done the same, especially when he made the point of you, you can't come in and ruin in my peace and in my marriage. Mm-hmm. I, I understood his brother's point. I said this to my kid time and time again. You can go ahead and you can break the rules, dude. You make a choice. You break the rules, right? But once you get into the system, who knows what can happen? 100%. Right? But you can make your choice. You're on The Burt Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. Kevin Hart, he went a little too far. He's <laughs> now in a wheelchair because he was trying to outrun an ex-NFL player. If you don't know who Kevin Hart is, Kevin Hart is A, hysterical, but B, he's kind of best known for being on the shorter side. He's got some short little legs, and I guess he... <laughs> oh, he's he so did. cute with his short little legs. He's so cute. He has this one stand-up special. Oh, my God, it's so funny. He's, like, sitting on a bar stool, and he's talking about, like, you can't take a grown man seriously when you're swinging your legs on a bar stool, and he's like, he, he can't even touch the floor. That's how short he is. I can tell you this, just as a sidebar, as a short guy myself, he and I are the same height. No, he's two inches shorter than you. He is? He five, is? He's 5'2". I will dunk is over he? his ass. He's 5'2". According to the internet, yeah, well, how tall you... is Kevin Hart? It says 5'2". Okay, well, oh. if the internet's calling him 5'2", he's 5'4". <laughs> <laughs> but really, is there a lot of difference? Anyway, anyway, um, he was joking about the bar stool. I can tell you that one of the most insecure times for any short guy is sitting on a bar stool and talking to like a strange, not a strange, a new woman that comes up to you and you guys are having conversation. When you have to get off of that bar stool oh. and go to the bathroom, <laughs> the little hop. Yeah, it's not only the hop, and now she's going to see how tall yeah, you really yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. It is the most insecure 30 seconds. It was always the most insecure 30 seconds of my life. All right. According to his IMDb page, Kevin Hart is five feet, two and a half inches tall. Damn. Despite Kevin tweeting in 2018 that he was still growing. <laughs> so am I. So am I, Kevin. Yeah, wait on it, baby. We are waiting on that growth spurt. <laughs> yes, sir. And finally reached 5'5". Five five. Oh, is that right? That's Just wild. the last couple of years, yeah. huh? Okay. Uh-huh. So now he's taller than me. Yes. <laughs> well, he was feeling real good about himself because he was talking to one of his friends who's an ex-NFL player. And he's like, you know what? I think I could beat you in a 40-yard dash. Me and Steven, we got into a little debate. This debate was based off of who was faster. Those that know me know I'm pretty fast. Steven said, Kevin, ain't no way you're going to beat me. Steven is an ex-NFL uh, running back, played for the New England Patriots. Very good guy. I said, Steve, you can bet it. He said, bet. I said, bet. We get out there, we go run the 40-yard dash. 40-yard dash. <laughs> you idiot. Guys, I blew yep. all my I tore my lower abdomen. I, my abductors oh. are torn. I don't even know what that is, but I tore them. <laughs> I tore those two. I can't walk. Sit my ass down. This is 44. <laughs> so he's going to humble you. He's in a wheelchair because yeah. of that? Yeah. So the adductors are abductors. So that muscle in your, um, like your thighs, that allow your legs to either close or open. So if those are ripped, <gasps> he can't like he basically can't walk. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I'm not doing no 40s once I'm 40. That's it. You got to just know your check engine light is on. Okay? Okay. Come on, man. On the bright side, he won't be stepping down from any bar stools anytime soon, so he can save himself the 30 seconds of embarrassment. There will come a time in everybody's life, like if you were athletic when you were younger, where you will have this defining moment where you're like, I'm just not that person anymore. Mm-hmm. My mom had to give up running marathons, so my mom is super fit. If you see her, she literally looks like the incredible 
Incredible Hulk, but she's like five foot four and like a woman <laughs> from the suburbs. And last year she wanted to run this marathon in Big Sur, which if you don't know Big Sur, it's like super mountainous. And I watched her coming from across like the end of the marathon line and she literally just goes, <laughs> I'm never doing that again. <laughs> like I'm surprised you did it once. I realized that um, not too long ago, my niece and nephew wanted to race. Mm-hmm. And I just looked at him and go, and Kiki doesn't run. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's just, it's not going to end well. Eliza loves those little trampoline parks, man. Oh, yeah. Never again. <laughs> it's an injury no, waiting to happen. Never again. Okay, Zendaya, she's talking about having to navigate, you know, being super famous and, you know, Zendaya, like the goddess that she is, uh, but also having to navigate having a relationship in the public eye. She was um, in the middle of this interview where she was talking about like having to take her dog out and she's like, you know what? I just need to take him out for a little poo. And then she's sitting there like, I don't know if I can do that because I'm going to get noticed. And she's talking about how hard it is to be like, I just want to do this very normal thing. You know, I'm here with my boyfriend in, in Venice, Italy. I've got my dog with me and I just want to take him out. But if the paparazzi, paparazzi gets a photo of me picking up my dog's poop, I don't know if I can live this <laughs> right. down. But she's like, you know what? I can choose what I can share about my life, but I have no control about paparazzi. If it happens, it happens. But, you know, that's what if you're going to be Zendaya and you're going to look as beautiful and be as talented mm-hmm. as she is, this is the downside of that. I would trade. Yes. To not have to pick up my dog's poop to have her closet, I, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Seems like a fair trade. It's a totally fair trade. Her closet, her body, her face, even her boyfriend, Tom Holland. I know he's a shorter guy, but that man's, man's is fine. And he's Spider-Man. So, you know, he's got a little bit of riz on him. Okay, did this TikTok trend go a little too far? I'll tell you why animal animal rights activists are coming for Swifties on your next Eva's on The Bird Show. You're on The Bird Show. Uh, We got to get an update here from Sydney, who called us a couple of days ago, a little bit concerned about her boyfriend's ego, because she was starting to make some more cash than he was, and he had no idea, but there were some, like, financial ramifications about it also. I love how you have taken this new spin on this story. Am Am I not doing it right? Well, remember, you thought that's what the premise of the email was, but it turns out that she was making more money, um, but he was still paying a majority of the bills. That's right. That's and right. she technically, it was a side hustle that he wasn't supportive of. So she's like, I'm going to bank this money that's and continue right. to let him <laughs> pay more of the bills, even though technically I actually make more than him now. Kristen and her a- friends were calling him, calling her out. Kristen is accurate. <laughs> <laughs> you know that what? Is accurate. <laughs> you had a late night. I did. You're about to share how much money you raised. So well, it what is me, like? And it wasn't me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was a real big night for Burt's Big Adventure last night. Uh, either way. Hey, Sydney, good morning. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Okay, can you reiterate what Kristen reminded me <laughs> of this morning? Like, um, he, there's been like this inequity in the finances that you didn't feel was quite right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just, you know, I, in the beginning, I, I feel like it was right because, you know, he was making more money than me. Um, but, uh, you know, and the money is coming from, you know, my, my side hustle, my like passion project, which he did not support at all. Um, so he, he doesn't know. Um, but yeah, I, after, you know, hearing all the advice and really thinking about it, I, I'm going to have to disagree with it okay. uh, because I, I feel like side income, especially when it's not supported is separate. And 
there's no need for either of us to take it into consideration. And the other part is this is the apartment he wanted and it was way more expensive than the apartment I wanted initially. So it was kind of his choice. Um, and then more than that, I also agree that someone who isn't supportive of me ultimately probably isn't going to be my long-term partner. Mm. So I'm really going to think about the relationship. And in mm. the meantime, I'm going to bank my money and make sure, you know, if and when the time comes, it's feeling like when the time comes, I can really afford to move out and take care of myself. Mo is over uh, by his mic, leaning back away from the mic, looking like he's smelling a fart. <laughs> what is this? What is about this you don't like? I'm, I'm just trying to understand it because for me, it feels like uh, if, if I'm going to be in a relationship, then I'm going to be present in that relationship at that time and do the things that I feel like are right within that relationship. But if you do have this mindset to feel like you need to bank some money and hide things from them in order to move on, then it, it just feels like why not do that sooner than later as opposed to being in a relationship where you have to be, um, uh, you have to lie pretty much about your current standing and kind of use that to your advantage when you feel like you're going to end up leaving anyway. Hmm. Yeah, Sydney, I feel like you have one foot out the door in this relationship already. And I was going to say this when we brought it up the first time. Like, I think you're right. You are living in the apartment that he picked. That's his space. And he um, is benefiting from you contributing to rent. So I think I don't necessarily think you need to pay more. But I also just kind of get the sense that you're ready to get out of this relationship. I feel like you've got one foot out the door already. I mean, I, I, I think I do. I'm just in the process of really digesting it and accepting it. And, and um, yeah, I, I didn't feel like, I don't feel I didn't feel supported. I felt like he, or I feel like he thinks my side hustle is a joke. And I, I don't think that's what I need long term. Mm. I mean, what if I end up turning it into like my full business, which I think I can do. Like I want someone who's going to be proud of me. So that was the initial conversation um, when you when you told him about your side hustle. And that's it's it's not right that he dismissed you that way. And it's not right that you didn't feel supported. Um, and I think a, a true loving partner can, can have some constructive criticism or can have, you know, um, not even not. It's not that they're poking holes, but like, have you thought of X, Y, Z while doing this and trying to help you? help you make the right decisions being dismissive is a, is a completely is completely another thing has there ever been a follow-up conversation with like hey i i'm still pursuing this and i've been doing this and and it's been doing well like couples kind of keep each other updated on what they're doing in life was there ever a follow-up conversation in regards to your side hustle I, I kind of tried once in the beginning and I was like, I think, you know, this is really going to work. And he like laughed at me. And then the second, you know, things started really going well, I didn't bring it up again. Trust your gut. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. if this is how you're feeling and you're not feeling supported, I get giving people second chances. If he maybe didn't realize how important it was, but I think you're on the right path, honestly. And I think you are make as long as you don't stall, like if you've made a decision, you're going to get your affairs together and then break off the relationship and move out. That's good. I think it's when you start to drag people along that it gets kind of murky. iffy. Yeah, murky. Just a real quick uh, question, Sydney. Did he not accept this new quote unquote side hustle of you for like 
uh, value reasons or he just thinks that the industry that you have the side hustle in is just sort of a punchline? Like you're not going to make any money off of it. It's kind of a joke. No, uh, he he just thinks the industry's a joke. Yeah, mm. and I think he really just doesn't believe in me. Mm. Ultimately, well, well, if you get yourself a man that doesn't believe in you, he's not going to support you. I mean, I, I don't know that there's a lot of thinking to do on that, but you do your thing. Are you really like just digesting it all, or are you just making enough money till you already know inevitably what's going to happen, and that's your exit strategy? Um. I think both. I think both. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Are we done with that? Mm-hmm. Everybody? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Good luck with the breakup. <laughs> yeah, it's inevitable. <laughs> I think it's probably <laughs> inevitable. All right. Take care, Sydney. Thank you. Bye, guys. I kind of ended on a down note. Well, no, it's positive. Was it? She's figuring out what she wants for her life. She's investing in herself. She's supporting her own dreams. There is... There, it is sad, but there's going to be something beautiful that comes out of this. And she's picking herself mm-hmm. and she's trusting her gut and she's going after her dreams and she's cutting out the people who aren't supporting Good her. for her. Yeah. If you're with a man or you're with a woman that does not support what your dream is, don't wait. Yep. She's really brave, <laughs> you're, honestly. You're, That's a hard decision to make. Yeah. Well, I mean, if he's saying like, I'm not, I just don't believe in you, you should have a foot out the door already. Mm-hmm. You're on The Burt Show. I want to bring you guys into my therapy session yesterday. I'm doing a lot of thinking lately. Whole bunch. I know good ever comes of that. (laughs) And she gets paid for this, right? But she asked me a question yesterday that I answered honestly, but I'm really super curious how you guys would answer the same question. It's not loaded. Okay. It's not loaded. But just let me tell you. My therapist asked me a question that I'm going to ask you guys. How can it not be a loaded question? It's really not. I just think it's interesting. And you don't got to answer it if you don't want to. But let me tell you how we got to this place. So I'm working on a whole bunch of physically, physical health stuff right now. Um, I told you I went, I got some blood tests a couple of weeks ago. I'm not really, my, my Apple watch, my wearable is telling me that my cardio fitness isn't where it's supposed to be. I'm like working out all the time. I'm like, how can that be? Right. Um, there are just some indicators on there that my body is stressed out when I don't really feel like I feel a whole bunch more stressed than anybody else, right? And for the most part, I think I handled it pretty well. But when my results of these tests came back, my doctor is like, you might feel one way, but your body is telling you something else. So a bunch of you guys had suggested, and my doctor had also suggested, not my, my therapist, that when you grow up a certain way in like crisis situations, that childhood trauma is really tough to shake, Really tough. Like you might emotionally be okay, but when you grow up a certain way, you're always sort of in fight or flight mode and it's very stressing on the body. So until you handle the crap from your childhood, you're mentally, you might feel all right, but your body is telling you something's still up. So we're working on that right now in therapy. Kudos, by the way, for doing the hard work. Thank you. It's damn hard, man. I, I really thought at some point, like, you get to a certain age, you hit the finish line, now we could just have fun until we die. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was hoping that's the way it goes. No, Mo. <laughs> I assure you, it's it's an, it, it's challenging every day trying to figure yourself oh, out, okay? Yeah. There's no finish line. Bro. The finish line is death. <laughs> <laughs> okay? When you flatline, you're done working on yourself. Okay. This is what I'm learning. Okay? This is an uplifting segment today on the workshop. <laughs> so I'm trying to 
figure out in my life, like, what is, what have I been doing right and wrong that is causing this internal stress? And there are some things I can point to, obviously, but there are others that I am just blissfully aware of where my contentment or my stress is coming from. So she asked me yesterday, where do you get contentment from? And I'm like, well, you just bought yourself another seven sessions because I don't know that I've felt that a lot in my life, contentment. Kristen and I have talked about this quite a bit. In fact, a great example of this is Kristen a couple of weeks ago crushing it at a radio convention on a panel. And as soon as she comes off the stage, the first thing I say to her is, hey, you did great. Next year, we're going to get you to moderate, which means it's more pressure and you're the one leading the whole thing. She's like, can I just enjoy this for one second? (laughs) (laughs) Well, too, and something we have discussed on the air is personally, I think you have confused with contentment with complacency and contentment with boredom. That's it. That's what I got into yesterday. Okay. Contentment and boredom. And well, this is, I would have told you that for free. Well, this is where I'm going with you. <laughs> it's going to save you a dollar, man. Seriously. I know. Had I listened to your advice over the course of the last 12 years, <laughs> I really would have been a much healthier human being. <laughs> um, so um, I really don't find like a lot. This is what I got to work on mm-hmm. is my contentment here. Look, if I say to myself, you know what? I'm going to take my bike out. I'm going to go for a bike ride. While I'm on my bike ride, I'm like, man. I should be at home watching blank. So then when I'm at home watching blank, as soon as I'm watching it, I'm like, man, I should be in the gym. And when I'm in the gym, I'm like, man, I should be hanging out with Eliza. And when I'm with Eliza, I'm like, man, I should be working on the show. There's like no place where I'm just like right here and just digging it right here. So that's one thing I got to work on. Um, So let me ask you guys two questions. Because she was rattling off her day yesterday and where she gets her contentment. We've gone from one to two, by the way. Yes, yeah. we have. All right, it's top layered now. <laughs> uh, her contentment, she told me that she can, for contentment and to escape and feel totally at peace, she can walk around her garden and look at the flowers. <laughs> or she said she could sit on the couch and she could look out the window for an hour. An hour? Yeah. Why? Oh, no, my mind would not allow me to do that. And I said, that's your place of happiness? And she said, yes. And I said, your life sucks. I'm kidding. What I did say was that I, I couldn't do that. I would just be, I feel like I am trying to... And I've always felt like this since I was 16 years old, really, is collect as many memories and don't leave anything on the table. So when I'm on my deathbed, I can say, I tried it all. I did it all. I gave my best. You know what? It's exhausting. So the two questions I have for you guys is, what is your content place? And what are you guys, where do you feel most freedom? Mm. Both of these really tripped me up yesterday. So as you're talking... (laughs) And I'm going to take this to just a slightly different place. But as you're talking and I'm trying, I'm like doing some quick introspective work. So for me, I think it's funny. I think I'm content doing one thing. But when I'm, if I'm honest with myself, that's not the case. So for me, when it comes to planning, um, whether it's planning a party, whether it's planning a birthday party or planning a vacation, um, I I get enjoyment and fulfillment from that. But then when I am at said party and when I'm on said vacation, <laughs> instead of like enjoying it, I'm executing the plan mm. that I had originated to make sure everybody else is having a good time and everything looks pristine or whatever. And then all of a sudden it's over and it's like, where was I? Like I wasn't really fully mm. present. I didn't really enjoy it. 
um, to the fullest because I, I was so focused on the execution of it rather than the mm-hmm. experience of it. So that is something I struggle with. Now, as far as my place of contentment, I, I don't know. Mm. Like, I don't have, like, how she had that quick response of her garden or staring. I can't give you, I can't, I can't give you a specific place or a, a, a specific activity that gives me complete contentment. I get them from time to time, and they're fleeting, but they're from time to time when I'm hanging out with my family, and I'm really able to live in the moment. Like Eliza is joking with Hollis or Tiffany is dancing with Eliza and I can slow it down and I can watch it. And I'm like, this is really cool. But those are so few and fleeting in my life. Okay. I lie. It just came to me. Um, Every single night when I'm putting Jimmy to bed and it's not because I'm finally putting my toddler to bed and I get to have some me time. Um, (laughs) Finally. Yeah, I know. Right. So we sit, we sit and we read a book together and he, he has to be in mama's lap. So he's sitting and I feel the heaviness of his body on, on my chest. And we read that book together. And then we get up. I put a sound machine on. I turn his light off. We walk over to the crib and I go, I love you. And now instinctively he gives me a ki- kiss and says, I love you. And then I put him down to bed. Okay. Oh, so he's got to do that 90 more times every day. <laughs> <laughs> Mo, where is your place of contentment and where do you find it to be most freeing? I, I think I have two answers for both. Um, the contentment, I certainly feel with my family. When it's something about when my entire family is together or when I'm with my mom. It, like, that never changes. That feeling of being with my mom from when I was a, a young baby, probably. It's, um, there's, like, no way on earth I'd rather be than when my family is clicking because you just don't know how mm-hmm. much time you have with them. So when that's happening, I just feel right in that moment and present. And I would say in the studio. Something about when I'm creating music. It's not this one. Certainly not. <laughs> <laughs> not this one. No. Noted. <laughs> no, it's, it's, I don't know what it is. It's hard to explain, but, but there's something to when I create a song, when I create music, it's, it's like this feeling of peace that mm-hmm. comes over me. I'm like in a different place. I'm not even there. I'm, I'm solely focused on that and trying to create the absolute best song that I can and I'm completely content there. And freeing, I would say vacation for sure. Anytime I get a vacation, I mean, I'm present. I I, I leave everything else, um, I, I guess, wherever I left it. And I'm there. I'm in the moment. And I never want it to end. Teach and me your ways. I know, right? I, I don't, something about vacation, especially being on the, on the beach and staring at the water and seeing how, like, you can't even see the end of it, that feeling. I, I'm so present there. That is my favorite place to be. And being on stage, like when I'm doing comedy, it's probably the most terrifying thing that I do, but it's also the most exhilarating at the same time. And you just feel like this, this freedom once you get past the fear and you're there and you're present. Like those are my moments. Abby, where are you content and where are you free? That's so funny. I'm the least content on vacation. I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. Before I came here, like I never took time off for vacations or whatever. I think I just have like this constant need to be productive. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for me, I feel most content when I know I've been very productive and I can kind of 
sit in the accomplishment of it. Like for me, when you said contentment, I immediately thought of like, it's Friday night. I don't have anything to do, mm-hmm. but I had a really good week and I can just sit down and kind of enjoy the work that I've done. And then for me, I feel the most free when I'm in a group of friends and we're kind of like riffing off each other mm-hmm. and we're not overthinking anything. We're just cracking jokes that we know we can crack because we're with our safe people. And yeah, there's probably like a fun night ahead of us. That's when I feel the most free. It was deep yesterday. It sounds like it was deep. And I just felt so bad for the people around me that I exhaust. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying. I want to be the person that can look out of a window for one hour and be content. That will never happen. (laughs) So I'll start with one minute. (laughs) It's a Bird Show. You're on the Bird Show. I am riding a high. I'm starting to come off of it actually right now. Um, (laughs) Off of one of the most thrilling, exhilarating nights I have had probably in 20 years. That didn't include alcohol. (laughs) So I got to tell you about this night last night, and Kristen's going to be able to feel me on this. So Gamoa last night had their annual fundraiser, and they've been helping out Burt's Big Adventure now for three years. And Gamoa is the Georgia Amusement and Music Operators Association. Essentially what they do is when you walk into like a QT or a store and you see those like gaming, um, what would you call them? Machines. Gambling machines, gaming machines. They're the ones that supply them all, right? And it's a pretty big industry in Georgia and around the country. A couple of years ago, they decided that at the convention that they have here in Atlanta, that Burt's Big Adventure was going to be their charity of choice. So a few years ago, when all these men and women from around the country come into town for this convention, they slice out just a little bit of their banquet time to raise money for Burt's Big Adventure in an auction. And each year, one of us goes up there and we tell them about Burt's Big Adventure because they got new members coming in and out. So we have to tell them what Burt's Big Adventure is about every single year. I think the first year, Molly was the one who attended, who is our executive director of Burt's mm-hmm. Big Adventure. And they raised how much the first year? It, it, I mean, more than we anticipated because she cried and she was embarrassed. Yeah, <laughs> like her knee, like knee buckling yeah. types of money. I mean, keep in mind, Burt's Big Adventure, this trip that we take down to Disney World every year, you guys know about it. We take kids that have chronic and terminal illnesses down to Disney World and it's so much more than that. And it's a small organization. So when we have a fundraiser that raises, I don't know, $50,000 in one night, mm-hmm. that is huge for us. I don't know what that number was the first year, but it was well above $50,000. It was over six figures. It was over six figures. And I think at the time, maybe that was our largest one-night fundraiser ever in the history of Burt's Big Adventure. And Gamoa did that. Last year, Kristen goes and she hosts it and she tells everybody at Gamoa about Burt's Big Adventure. And... At that point, it becomes the largest single night fundraiser that Burt's Big Adventure has ever had. With Kristen's help and everybody at Gamoa, last year they made... I don't know how much we made last year. $275,000. Wow. In one night. Because I, the thing I see, I don't remember how, I knew it was like mind blowing because Molly, she cried again and she was embarrassed because she cried in front of everybody. Um, But I got up there and I was talking and it was post, it was like, you know, shortly after baby and I tried wearing Spanx. <laughs> I, I thought I was going to pass out on stage. I seriously could not breathe. And so I'm starting to talk and I'm like, 
<laughs> and I literally stop my speech and I'm like, y'all, I just got to let you know, my spanks are too tight and I cannot breathe right now. It so is give, me a, give me a beat. It is literally the first thing that Sean said to me last <laughs> night is like, hey, you might want to take a tip from Kristen. She made this joke last year, so you might want to light the crowd up. It wasn't a joke. a joke. It was right. for real. <laughs> so I said to Sean, well, if it worked last year, I'm going to use the same joke this year. Did you? <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, that would have been hilarious. <laughs> that would have been funny. So, I mean, $275,000, you guys, that was last year. And what a tremendous amount of money for Burt's Big yeah. Adventure and what we do. I was going into this night not wanting to make $1 less than you. I did, <laughs> I did not want to walk in here and say that Kristen made more money than I did last year, even though I had nothing to do with it's, it. You know, it's it's not about the kids, y'all. No. It's, it's just about no. us beating but, each other. But I was certainly feeling a little bit of pressure, right? Okay. I just wanted to come in here and say, oh, I didn't want to go, Kristen, you did $100,000 better than I did. It's probably one of the most touching nights I have ever witnessed in my life. And for me to try to explain in words words. What was going down in that room last night is almost impossible. I'm going to try though. Um, so you walk into this banquet room and they're having a casino night. So on one side of the room, there's all these blackjack tables and everything set up. And in the rest of the room, it's all these tables where everybody's eating. There's a stage there as well. Well, even beforehand, I got there and I started shaking some hands. I could immediately tell this was a special group and I don't know what it was about it, but you could just sometimes when you're doing this so long, you could just tell when the heart's in the right place. The energy in the, the room. The energy is just different, man. It was just different with Kamoa. It really was. And I can't put my finger on it. I can't explain it, but I knew something special was going to happen that night. I just didn't know what. So anyway, they start the auction. Um, they do their own auction for Gamo, and they raise money for within their own organization. And then it was our turn. So they run a video of Burt's Big Adventure, which takes about 90 seconds. And then I go up there and I start talking about Burt's Big Adventure and our programs. And I'm doing the best I can because in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, you know what? I got to tug on these heartstrings for what? to beat Kristen. <laughs> now, before you go into exactly what you said, the email that we got from Molly, our executive director this morning, or actually, sorry, at 12.34 a.m. last night, letting us know the grand total, she said, Bert, my friend, I've seen you give many speeches in my time. You crushed it tonight at Gamoa. That was your best yet. What happened? You. It was your total last year. It had nothing to do with the kids. Zero to do with the kids. I'm just kidding. Um, I, you know, it, it was a continuation, honestly, of... I know this sounds so cheesy, you guys. The love that was going around that room, you could just feel it. Yeah. Like, I didn't even feel like at one point it was me talking. But either way, I delivered this, right? And... Uh, Jonathan, I think his name is, grabs the mic to do the auction now. So he starts asking people like, is there anybody here that was touched by what Bert said? Can you raise your hand for $100, right? Hand, 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 all around the room. These are all $100 donations. And what do you think? There's 400 people in the room, 500 yeah, people in it, the room? It's an impressive amount of people. All right, now. To, uh, as much as the great things I'm going to say about Kamoa, they didn't think this one th through very well because <laughs> people had to like raise their hands and then shout their name out for their $100. <laughs> so the auctioneer is going from one person to the other person to the other person and they're writing them all down. They're doing the best they can, but they're so overwhelmed by hands going up. Then he says, all right, how about $500? Just as many hands start going up. So now we're at 100 500 and they're doing all the counting. I see everybody sort of on the side writing the names down and they're starting to do the math. The auctioneer at that point again says, anybody else for a thousand dollars? Hand, 
after hand, after hand, after hand. All of the hands weren't even up yet. When people were starting to run up to the stage and whisper in the auctioneer's ear, I'll give 5000 Whoa. And then he said, well, if he's going to give $5,000, is there anybody else here that will give $5,000? Hand goes up after hand goes up. The room is exploding now as people are clapping and hands are going up. One dude raises both his hands and the auctioneer goes, there's another 5000 And the dude goes, I've got two hands up. <laughs> He's raising $10,000. Wow. So from his 10000 it goes to another 10000 Somebody in the way back says, $10,000, i will give $20,000. And then every one of the board members from Gamoa donates $20,000, I think, and there are 13 board members. No. Oh my gosh. This is <laughs> so the momentum is just climbing and climbing and climbing and it's starting to wane just a little bit. One dude takes his jacket off and his watch and says, I will give you guys this. It raises another five, ten thousand dollars Another guy takes his shoes off. I'm not kidding, dude. It was madness. It was pandemonium. And at the end of the day, Gamoa raised $325,000 last night. Are wow. you kidding me? Congratulations. Un- a well-deserved win. Unbelievable. <laughs> so to everybody at Gamoa, I know Mike and Sean and Christina and everybody at Gamoa that raised $325,000 in one night for Burt's Big Adventure. I don't even have, I'm overwhelmed. I think we're all overwhelmed by that number. Our future Burt's Big Adventure kids, I promise, will have the time of their lives with that money. So thank you to Gamoa. I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> the Burt Show.